This is episode 10 of the Next Vipreneur Podcast, produced by STEM Media. Let's make it happen, y'all. You're listening to the Nesbypreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further. You have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Nehemiah Mabry. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again here on the Nancy Panura Podcast. My name is Nehemiah Mabry, your host. And today, we have another exciting episode for you because I am joined by Miss Vivian Harrison Blade. Vivian, how are you doing today? I am great. So great to be with you, Nehemiah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> and we look forward to, to learning a lot from you today. Vivian Blade works with ambitious professionals who want to win in their careers and in their everyday work lives. She works with organizations and individuals to build leaders and develop excellence so that they can achieve their vision of success. In 2009, Vivian founded Experts in Growth Leadership Consulting, LLC. She has worked with many global organizations such as Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble, Brown Foreman, and GE. Vivian delivers an energetic, power-packed program that empowers and inspires. Vivian. Yes. Very impressive bio there, I must say. Global. Not many people can say they can work with, they've worked with global organizations and firms. So that's excellent. Great. Thank you. It's a, a blessing to have the opportunity to be able to do that. Yes, yes. And so we look forward to hearing a lot about that throughout the course of this conversation. But first, um, as we typically do here on the podcast, we like to find out a random fact about yourself. Of course, we'll know a lot about your professional side. But if you could just give us one random uh, unexpected fact that our audience may find, may find interesting. Okay. Uh, something that's, I guess, unrelated to what I do professionally every day, but that is a passion of mine. I am a Girl Scout. Really? Uh, okay. So even at this uh, point in my life, I'm still a Girl Scout, and mm-hmm. I serve as the chairperson for the board of directors for Girl Scouts of Kentuckyana. And so I have a passion for the development of young girls to help them to become future leaders who are definitely girls of courage, confidence, and character who will and are making the world a better place. Yes, that's that's great. How long have you been a Girl Scout? Boy, uh, I was a Girl Scout when I was young, growing up. Then as my daughter became of age to be a Girl Scout, uh, starting in the first grade, I became her troop leader for a group of young girls, and I was that for about eight years, and then have been on the board of directors probably about five years or so, five, six uh, years, somewhere in there. So I've got a good long history as a Girl Scout. Wow, wow. And I'm sure that is a, a rewarding position that you have there. Um, definitely a, a great organization to be a part of. And I know this is one of the, I guess, pop culture references, if you want to call it that, when it comes to Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts and that is the cookies, the cookie sales. And so mm-hmm. I have to ask, have you been door to door? Have you been selling cookies at any point of your uh, tenure in Girl Scouts? 
Uh, Selling Girl Scout Cookies is a girl-led program, so certainly when I was growing up, uh, I did mm. that. And working with my troop, I helped our girls and, of course, helped my daughter to uh, go door-to-door and, and uh, sell cookies and set up cookie booths. Uh, our cookie program is one of the best and most comprehensive yes. business uh, enterprise and entrepreneur mm. programs for mm. young women uh, that exist. Yeah, yeah, we might have to have a uh, specific episode for that one day. <laughs> That's awesome. That would That's be awesome. great. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your academic background, if you don't mind, Vivian. You know, what school did you go to? What was your major? How did you get into that line or that field? And uh, what were you involved in as it relates to uh, college? Okay. I attended Berea College in Berea, Kentucky for my mm-hmm. undergraduate work. I was a business major, and I went on to Eastern Kentucky University to obtain my Master's of Business Administration, so my MBA, and I got into business because when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to take an accounting class, and that really intrigued me. I liked business from from that aspect because, you know, a lot of people around me and my sisters uh, who had gone to school were teachers or uh, in the family science area. And so this really was a different, uh, opened my eyes to something different. And so I became interested in business and, and decided to pursue that when I got to college. Some of the things that I was involved in, as you attend Berea College, every student has to work. So I had the opportunity to really determine, is business an area that I really like? Is Mm -hmm. accounting an area that I really like? Um, So I worked in the accounting office as a student. So I had the opportunity to get some firsthand experience there. So that helped to solidify my business interest. Okay. And one of the the areas that uh, I participated in from an extracurricular standpoint was in the college choir. I was a member of the Berea College Chapel Choir and Chamber Singers, so I had the opportunity to use my first soprano voice to <laughs> sing a variety of, of types of music and to perform in lots of different places. Yeah, yeah. So do you still sing? I do. I do. Not on a formal basis. Uh, I am a huge pew singer so I, I like to sing at the top of my love from the pew yeah and um but after college i did sing with a, a professional organization the louisville chorus here in the louisville area for a few oh, years okay. until uh, my children came along and i had to balance mm-hmm. all those things in addition to work so uh, i had to give that yeah. up at that point but um, but i love to sing yeah yeah i have a music background myself and even now i currently a, a a bass guitarist but i used to sing in high school and college as well and so i, I know about you know getting sheets of music having to learn your parts and mm-hmm. read music and yeah. make sure you're blending well and you know when, when i hear you say first soprano then i'm like okay she was she was really singing because usually you just hear soprano alto tenor bass but when you start saying first soprano second soprano mm-hmm. first alto second alto and all that that's how you know someone's been a part of some uh-huh. formal uh, musical groups so that's yeah. pretty cool yeah Great experience. Yeah, and that's all part of, I guess, a well-rounded education. You said you worked in the county office, and you hung out a lot with your friends, and you just, of course, you were still in Girl Scouts at the time. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And so 
when it relates to entrepreneurship, do you have any early story that predates what you do now that you would say was kind of a beginning when it comes to your entrepreneurial roots? You know, I think as it relates to what I do today, though, I don't really think I thought about it quite as much uh, back then. But because a lot of what I do is speaking, I, when I was mm-hmm. growing up, actually was forced, I will admit, to uh, <laughs> participate in the um, oratorical contest. So mm, different okay. organizations would have contests at the local level and district level and then the state level and national level. So I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to participate in uh, some of those competitions. So I remember mm-hmm. spending many, many hours uh, at our church where we were used to practice and you know, standing up there on the stage and going over and over and memorizing and being coached on how to stand, how to speak, articulation, and all those details. But that carried over into both my college education and my professional career, giving me a foundation for making presentations. I remember one of my college courses was organizational behavior. And one of the things that made everybody nervous is that you had to give a presentation in front of a class. And so I'm sure I had my share of nerves, but I, I had a foundation and some background that helped me through that. And building on that, again, to help me in my professional career, having to make presentations and just it gave me a foundation for what I do today. So sometimes you never really know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge lesson that I can definitely attest to <laughs> when we're young and we're finding ourselves in these church programs or even as it relates to college, certain electives and projects. We dread doing public speaking, we dread doing certain aspects of it, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you would agree, as you kind of already alluded to, when you look back on that, you're so thankful that you had those opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, you're so thankful, as I am, that someone was sitting out in the audience saying, all right, do it again. This time, smile. This time, stand up straight, you know, because this all feeds feeds into your your polished uh, presentation that that you, of course, deliver now for a living. So that is Mm -hmm. a huge lesson that I can agree with. Just going to say we are grateful for those times in our lives as we look back. And so you do this now on such a bigger scale. You know, you travel and as I read in your bio, you've done it, you know, with companies even outside of our country. And so one of the things that I'm always interested in and people who are aspiring to be an entrepreneur, um, are interested in it is your beginning, your origin story. And I know we chatted a little bit about this prior to this interview, but if you would take us to the point to where, all right, you're working, as you mentioned at GE, and there's a transition where you went from an employee to this full-fledged entrepreneur. Can you give mm-hmm. us that origin story? Yeah, uh, I'd be glad to share that with you. So I worked for GE, the Consumer and Industrial Division, for uh, almost 13 years. And uh, with Humana before that, so I had a track record of corporate experience and my mindset was on moving up the corporate ladder. And in about probably 2006-ish time frame, I think it was, the company announced that they were going to spin off the appliances division or sell the appliances division. So at that time, we all, you know, sort of didn't know what was going to happen, didn't know what was going to be next. And then the downturn occurred, and the company could not sell the appliance division. 
And so if you recall the fall of 2008, and 2008 was a tumultuous year for our economy. And, you know, the stock market was on the verge of just beginning to tank and all of those things. And we were beginning to see the housing industry decline and so many facets of our economy on the downturn. And so many companies were beginning to adjust and sort of right size to that new economy and lay off employees. So we were certainly not immune to that. Uh, I was a Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt at the time, leading the corporate um, customer experience program for our particular division and had a team of Black Belts who were working for me. Now, of course, we were- Vivian, I'm gonna jump in really quick. Mm -hmm. Could you explain just for our audience what do you mean when you say black belt? Can you just give a oh, quick definition? Okay, yeah, Lean Six Sigma um, black belt is terminology for different levels of certification for this quality, uh, quality principles and quality programs. So uh, there right. are a variety okay. of levels, yellow belt, green belt, uh, black belt, master black belt. So while I wish I had karate skills, um, it <laughs> is not that, but a lot of the principles behind right. how those are named come from come from that um, that area, that discipline. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you had this qualification and you had attained a level, a position where you had people with this qualification under you correct. at this point. That's correct. correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's correct. So um, as I was uh, working and we were going through all this downsizing, the company determined that we hadn't cut enough. Our CEO had mm. gone to the Corporate Executive Council meeting, and Jeff Immelt, who was the GE CEO and still is uh, at the time, had the mm -hmm. CEOs of the business units come back and cut some more. So I was in that second wave and in, in that next number. Mm. And mm. so at, at that point, I was, um, you know, really – figuring out what do I do next and, and, and where do I go from here? But there are, were a couple of things that happened for me prior to that that helped me to move on. One of those was the fact that as we were going through the sell process and I was thinking about what will I do next if we're, I'm no longer part of GE, if I don't have a job. And that's when I really started to think about entrepreneurship and starting a consulting business really more on the Six Sigma side. And then secondly, what really prepared, I think, my heart and myself mentally was um, I had attended a conference in San Antonio, Texas. It was a marketing conference, and I had friends who live in Austin, Texas. They invited me to come to Austin to go to church with them, and mm -hmm. he preached on Second Chronicles chapter 20 which is about King Jehoshaphat and the, the small country he was going to face this tall enemy. And over the course of, of preparing and, and marching to face the enemy, found that the enemy, because they were so greedy uh, as individuals, had fought among themselves for the goods of uh, uh, themselves and, and other countries that they were trying to take over, so that when King Jehoshaphat's country come over the mountain to face their enemy, they see that the enemy has killed themselves, and they are able to reap all the rewards of their enemy. Um, that was a story that I could take back and give people hope that you know, there's there's something mm -hmm. else for you. And and as all of this began to transpire, and I was let off myself, that 
message, that same message began to encourage me. Um, Mm. So that helped me to feel like there was something else that um, God had for me to do and that it's not personal. And even though, you know, having given so many years to the organization that, that it hurt, you know, and it was, it was tough. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that was the direction I was going in. That helped me to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and God had my back and had given me something to help me through this time. uh, So I could have faith that, he would be there for me going forward. Right, right. So I, I pick up a lot from that, Vivian. And I think that is a a very encouraging story because, you know, there may be someone listening right now that kind of find themselves in that exact same position. Mm-hmm. They just lost a job or they just invested so much into a particular company now to only find themselves outside or by themselves or laid off or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And this is what this was your case. And what I hear you saying is that um, at the time, though, it, it may have felt as if, man, this was just kind of a shattering of how I saw things progressing. Mm-hmm. All still isn't lost. So though you've gained this experience and these qualifications and and though you had mm-hmm. your mind on a certain direction, you know, you believe God was leading you in another direction. And it's, and it's not personal. And sometimes what appears to be, you know, our biggest disappointment is actually something mm-hmm. preparing us for something greater. And so that obviously was kind of the, the transition that took place for you. And so you decided to leverage the things that the skills that you had and turn this mm-hmm. into a business. And that's what I want to kind of okay. talk about now in our second segment. If you can for me, um, kind of share at least how it started off in terms of a business model, how how exactly we had another consultant before, but how exactly do you, um, what's, what's the word productize is essentially the service that you provided. So I had a proposal process that I use that starts with a meeting, getting back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, truly understanding what the challenges and needs are of the organization. And so I have a, a few different sections in my proposal that start with what is the business problem you know what's the business challenge what it is what is it that they are trying to uh, overcome you know and, and make better and I make sure that I use their words and their terminology so that they know that I understand them and then from there we look at what's the opportunity so what are the outcomes that they are looking to achieve And again, this is a lot of their words so that they recognize that and recognize the fact that I am on their team. I've been listening and I can help them get to the outcomes they are looking to accomplish. So really my second section uh, talks about their, their business outcomes and what the true opportunity is there. Then I begin to talk about what my approach is going to be. Um, So as you mentioned, um, delivering maybe a a workshop or a a keynote presentation or maybe it's executive coaching. Uh, And I give just kind of a summary overview of of what at a high level some of the key deliverables would be to meet their objectives. And then I get into because the experience for the type of work I do is critically important and they want to know, you know, am I going to, Sit there or stand there and, and lecture to everybody or are, are we going to have an engaging and interactive experience 
So I give them a picture of what the experience is going to be like in working with me. Uh, interactive participation uh, and, and part of the value are also that I provide in terms of uh, uh, concepts and strategies, um, uh, question and answer tools, uh, worksheets, or you know, different things that would be part of, of, of the package and the experience. And then I get into a detail of the outline of the program that I'm going to provide to them. And that will include um, the uh, more details around the specific topic areas and sort of how the uh, program is going to be organized. Then the next section will be about what are the options that they can choose from that may be based on a straightforward program, maybe something very specifically you know, that they asked for. But then I also look for how can I add value to this that allows me to both earn additional income as well as you know, certainly provide extra value for the client. And maybe something they, they hadn't thought of or something that continues to reinforce learning, reinforce application among the uh, participants after I'm gone. It also extends oftentimes the longevity of our relationship. So I give them different packages to choose from at different price points. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's awesome. I, I think that that tiered approach is a really good way to go. Um, you know, sometimes people come in and say, oh, I, I can just do X and that's all I do. But it's nice to be able to add complementary services and components that can enhance the experience. So I think that's, I think that's great, but there are two particular things uh, that you mentioned earlier, as you described your proposal that I want to kind of pull out and make sure that, that the listeners and the audience heard. And, and one was that you articulated what they're hoping to achieve in their organization or their business. And you said you even use their words. And that is huge because so often we, uh, we try to describe what we think the person needs. But that actually hurts us in the long run because if they're the client, they're looking forward to, to a solution for their problem. And they want to know, first of all, that you understand what their problem is. And so when you articulate it back to the person, then they can say, oh, OK, this person gets me. It kind of inherently gives you a leg up or a certain amount of credibility just from understanding the problem. And then the second thing that you really said that was great was that you want them to know that you're on their team. You know, and that gets lost so often when it comes to service-based businesses. People can approach you with kind of a, you know, I just want to hurry up and give you this so you can pay me and I can be on my way. But if they're able to view you as a member of their team who has the same interests and the same goal that they have, then it, that kind of just helps the relationship go a lot smoother and, and, and builds their trust in you. So I think those are two things that are very important. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and oftentimes we get focused on here's what I have to sell. Here's what I want you to buy. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to position ourselves or talk about or, or present information that is about what we have to sell and not how we're solving their problems and, and, and translating right. what we do. We, we oftentimes expect the client to translate what we do and what we have to sell to what their problems are and how, how we what they can need. solve it right. when we need to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't, don't even realize the fact that when you 
replay to them, or I, I use the reflective listening term terms uh, or skills, that when we repeat back to them what they have said, oftentimes they don't even realize that these are exactly the words that they used, but they really feel like, oh, she was really listening. Yes, she gets it. And then if we can directly relate what we do to solving their problem, uh, then we have a much better opportunity to get the cell. That's good. Okay, well, we're just coming to kind of our final portion of this interview. Um, I have a couple of short answer questions for you. Um, if you could share with us, what, what do you, would you say is the major challenge that you face or, you know, difficulty when it comes to starting a business like yours? I, I think one of the major challenges, and in, in, uh, both on a day-to-day basis and as you're getting started, is that you're always in business development mode, and you can't forget that. Uh, there are times when we get so busy, so like me, I'm a solopreneur, and so I have lots of hats on my shelf, and over the course of a given day, I wear many, many different hats, and so we are challenged with the time to get everything done, but business development is then sometimes one of the things that we sacrifice and we look up, and I know sometimes this happens to me. I'll look up and I'll say, Lord, I don't see anything else on my calendar, you know, a few months out. Uh, yeah. so what am I going to do? He <laughs> right. me here. Right. And so, you know, and, and he tells us faith without works is dead, right? So, you know, I'll, I'll help you, but you got to do your part too, you know? So, um, so I think always, and, and sometimes we are not comfortable with networking or we feel like going out to events or meetings and things that we don't have time for that or it's, it's not a value when sometimes some of the people that we meet and the connections that we make pay off later. Right, right, right. And that, that's a big difference between being an employee and entrepreneur, I think, because when you're an employee, it's not your job to go out and get the work mm-hmm. and to find clients. Pretty much you're just there and you do whatever has been assigned to you. But when you're an entrepreneur, you do what's been assigned to you for that job. But also if you don't go out and get new clients and get new work, then <laughs> you might find yourself kind of going hungry for a little while. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you pointed that out. And that's something that I think our aspiring entrepreneurs um, may want to consider a little bit more. Um, but I have another question and this one is designed to be kind of a quick couple of seconds of advice and it's a favorite question of ours and that is if we had a time machine right now and you could hop in a time machine and go back and talk to the Vivian that has let's say just been laid off and you said you kind of had an idea about you know doing some consultancy and you you know had to go through a process of kind of building that up but you had an opportunity to give your younger self your your uh <laughs> new to the game self some advice, what would you say to that, to that Vivian? Yeah. And let's say a minute or less. Okay. You know, I think one of the biggest differentiators is the skill set that I have had to help me in this stage of my career. So I'd say my best advice would be to take advantage of all those opportunities as you are working with someone, or if you're currently working on your own to develop yourself and to take advantage of different experiences and opportunities and be on that special project team, lead something, go get a certification. Those things will pay off for you in the future, and you don't even know how you will be blessed and how those things can open doors and how you can bless others with some of those skills. 
What's a book and or resource that you would recommend to someone else searching for the right way to make things happen in their business? No, I think there are a couple of things. In, in terms of resources, if, if someone is considering being or are currently a, a speaker, they're, they're doing training uh, or coaching or a combination of those things, and they're not already part of the National Speakers Association, I encourage you to seek out your, your state, your, your local chapter, get involved, and check out nsaspeaker.org, which is the national website, to see about getting engaged there. That's what helped me the most. As I was trying to figure out business model, how do I make money? What do I do? How do I you know, put all this stuff together? And uh, that truly helped me the most. There may be other professional associations based on your area of expertise that you can take advantage of. So I encourage you to involve yourself there because that's also great great networking and, and resources and some of that um, business development that I talked about. Um, I think another a, a book that goes a long way that um, reaches back a bit is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. <laughs> Yes, which yes. Is we've just, got that recommended a couple of times. Yeah, just fundamental, you know, just a lot of fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of that, too, encourages us as individuals. You know, we, we need, especially as entrepreneurs, there are days when you know, there might not be stuff going on. Or like I said, you look out and you you're, get a pit in your stomach because you don't see enough business out into the future. And yeah. we can get down. Yeah and down on ourselves. And so when you have that momentum going where you already are working and you're busy and you continue to do business development to keep you going and, and you also have those positive messages in your mind and ways right. to reinforce the things that are good about what you do, the progress that you're making and the potential that you have, I think if we can keep those things in mind, then that will take us a long way. Right, right. I actually um, have the audio book of Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And man, when I got that, I just kind of devoured it. I mm -hmm. put it on in my car, got to my desk and put it, the headphones on, listened to it. And um, you're right. It's definitely a good book. And it's one of those mindset books that if you can really take the principles that I shared, it, it helps your mindset as you approach um, things like entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for recommending that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we've come to the end of our interview, and I'm so thankful for all the valuable advice and information that you shared, Vivian. Um, but before we leave, if you could, just go ahead and share with us how we can find out more about what you do. You can throw in you know, anything that you have exciting going on at the moment. And then finally, leave us with one of your favorite quotes, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Uh, you can visit my website at VivianBlade.com, and so that's V-I-V-I-A-N-B-L-A-D-E.com. Also, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to connect with professionals and other entrepreneurs. I'm always inspired and excited about all the great work that other professionals are doing. Also, if you're on Facebook, Feel free to connect with me and, and join the Fuel Forward, F-U-E-L Forward, all one, Fuel Forward group, which, as I mentioned earlier, is a group where we share resources, articles, uh, insights, information. So uh, make sure you check that out. 
And guess what? one of the exciting things is I published a book last year, and uh, the title of that book is Fuel Forward, Discover Proven Practices to Fuel Your Career Forward. That book is available on Amazon, but it really is all about the inside secrets that you need to help propel your career forward. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes, I'm going to quote my mother, actually, who has been Hmm. so inspiring. In fact, my mother is 96. Uh, She will be 97 on St. Patrick's Day and to this day continues to be an Hmm. inspiration to us. She'll say, pull your pants up, get that rag off your head, and go to school. So just (laughs) encouraging you, if there are others around you, and and a lot of what that says is that our persona matters. It sends a message not only to other people, but it affects us internally. Be about something. Her LinkedIn page, as well as her book on Amazon, will be found in the show notes to this episode. And Vivian, I just want you to know that we really appreciate you. We're so thankful for all that you had to share. And all the best to uh, to you and your business. Thank you so much, Ian. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be part of the show. And I wish you and everyone the best. listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time in the meantime please do us a couple of favors one subscribe to the podcast on itunes or any other platform you might find us on and two rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show and finally spread the word tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the nesbipreneur podcast